guys how you doing happy friday and welcome back to horror like behavior this is episode two but before we start i would just like to say how excited i am that for the first episode and the trailer someone from france has listened and i think that's pretty rad so if you happen to be this person i hope you keep listening and i hope you tell your fellow french friends about me as well send them my way I would also like to say that somebody stepped on my foot at practice today with their cleats and this is not here nor there but I'm in pain. In pain and ready to start this episode. So if you haven't already seen on the Instagram page this week's episode is on one of my favorite movies of all time. A movie that I could probably watch every day maybe even multiple times in a row. That's how much I like it, and I know that a lot of other people feel the same way. So we're going to be talking about the craft, and yes, I would like to vent for a hot second. As many of you have already seen, there is what I thought was a reboot coming out, but it's actually a sequel. It's called The Craft 2 Legacy. Now, I'm still not happy about this because I feel like they should have left well enough alone. However, will I watch it? For sure. Will I love it? Now that's just going to have to remain to be seen. I know trailers can be very deceiving sometimes. However, the way they are portraying the new movie, it just seems very Disney Channel original movie-esque. And like I said, I'll watch it either way, but I really just feel like they're taking something I love deeply and tainting it. I hope I'm wrong. I would love to hear other opinions on this and see if anybody feels the same way as I do. I didn't find as much as I would have hoped concerning this movie. Um, I did find a few tidbits that I was not aware of, so obviously I'll share those. Um, but this might be on the shorter side, guys. The movie came out in 1996, which was actually the same year that the first Scream movie came out. But The Craft was first in spring of 96, whereas Scream came out in December of 96. Nev Campbell and Skeet Ulrich were both in Scream and The Craft, so it seems like they both had a pretty busy year. I'll cover Scream, obviously, eventually, but that is going to be a lot. Those are going to be some meaty episodes. If this is your first time ever hearing about this movie, let me help you out a little bit and give you a bit of a synopsis. The movie centers around a girl named Sarah who has just moved to LA with her father and her stepmother to start a new life as she has a troubling past and had even attempted suicide. When she enrolls in her new high school, which is a Catholic school, she doesn't quite fit in at first, but lucky for her, she finds some friends. Bonnie, Rochelle, and Nancy take her under their wing. When Bonnie notices that in school, Sarah is using telekinetic powers, to turn a pencil on its head on her desk. The three girls just so happened to be looking for a fourth girl to join their coven, and Bonnie immediately knew that that fourth person was Sarah. In a way, Sarah was an outsider, 
And so she felt at home with the three girls. At her school, she was an outsider because she had attempted suicide. Bonnie was scarred all over her body. Rochelle, being the one black woman in school, of course, the other girls on her swim team were racist, and so she felt like an outsider in that way. And then Nancy grew up in a trailer park. So the movie does a great job of getting you to sympathize with all four girls in some way. We all get ostracized at some point or another in our lives. So the social commentary, whether it be on poverty status or physical deformities in Bonnie's case, and then of course the whole having to deal with racist pieces of shit in Rochelle's case, and then for Sarah it's, you know, commentary on mental health issues. So they find strength in one another, and the three girls introduce Sarah to Menno, who is the power source behind the abilities that the coven is able to have. The director, Andrew Fleming, made sure to not use a deity that pagans um, worship and use in real life as to not offend anybody or piss anybody off. But in the movie, when the three girls are trying to explain who Menno is, because Sarah is like, well, who is that? Is it a god or like a god? And Bonnie explains that no, man invented god, and this is much older than that. And then Nancy chimes in with, no, it's like God and the devil. It's everything. It's the trees. It's the ground. It's the rocks. It's the moon. It's everything. She then goes on to say, if God and the devil were playing football, he would be the stadium that they played on. It would be the sun that shone down on them. So we can all assume that he is neither good nor bad. I read on Screen Rant that he represents the more primal aspects of human instinct and therefore is most interested in bolstering facts assets of a devotee who invokes for more self-serving reasons, which is why Sarah got a love spell to work. Michelle was able to get revenge on high school bullies, and Bonnie um, rids herself of her scars. But when it comes to Nancy, it's a little bit different because she is power hungry, and that doesn't go over well. This is a classic tale of when too much power ends up with disastrous consequences. Sarah's the only one out of the four who takes a step back and reevaluates what choices they're making and what they're doing with their power. She knows that there's a balance that they are putting out of whack, essentially. And she knows that there's no way there's not going to be any type of consequences for what they've done. But when she brings up her concerns, her concerns are not received well in any way. She even mentions that Bonnie has turned into someone who is super narcissistic when she used to be so nice. Rochelle just seems to not have any type of care of what they're doing. Um, and Sarah is trying to challenge Nancy when they're all in the car in one scene. Do you want in or do you want to leave the circle? Just tell me right now. Why does it always have to be that way with you, Nancy? Because that's the way it is. All I'm saying is I think you should think. And I don't want out. So things continue on for a little bit longer until things kind of come to a head. And that is when, um, trigger warning, Sarah is almost raped by the man that she cast a love spell on 
who became obsessive in not quite the way she expected. So when Bonnie, Michelle, and Nancy learn of what has happened, Nancy takes things into her own hands. She goes to the party where she knows Chris is at and she puts on a glamour, which means making herself look like someone else. So she puts on a glamour as Sarah and starts messing with Chris. This is probably my most favorite scene in the entire movie because you see how crazy Nancy is and Feruza Balk is such a great actress. She is incredibly terrifying to be honest. So Nancy is with Chris and he finds out that it is indeed not Sarah and it's Nancy and he's really drunk. He doesn't really understand what's going on and he pretty much claims that Nancy is just jealous of Sarah. You don't even exist to me! You don't even exist. You are nothing. You are shit. You don't exist. The only way you know how to treat women is by treating them like whores when you're the whore! And he falls out the window and dies. So sucks for him but it also sucks for Sarah because she is seeing what kind of power she has and she's seeing that she is unhinged. She's not in the right mindset anymore. She is overtaken by the power that she has. She knows that Nancy is a little too far gone at this point. So Sarah attempts to do a binding spell on Nancy that unfortunately doesn't work and as a matter of fact Nancy knew that Sarah did the spell on her. So um, unfortunately the three, three gals turn against her and then shit gets a little crazy. Michelle, Bonnie, and Nancy manage to cast a spell which makes it seem like Sarah's stepmom and father have been in a horrific plane crash. The three of them then come to Sarah's home and pretty much bombard her with um, crazy. They use her past of attempting suicide against her and say that they are pretty much gonna kill her and make it seem like she attempted suicide and that she also was the one who pushed Chris out of the window. It sucks how they all bonded over the fact that they were all ostracized over different things and then now they're doing the same thing to Sarah. The last few couple of scenes are bananas. Bonnie and Rochelle end up fleeing like the little bitches they are. They get a little scared and then it just leaves Nancy and Sarah to kind of duke it out and boy do they. This is a scene that to me never gets old. There's so much going on. A lot of creepy crawlies. Snakes, cockroaches, maggots, all things that make me shudder a little bit. Um, a lot of great special effects in this last scene and really throughout the movie too for it being a 1996 movie. For some of the scenes they got pretty creative in the way that they filmed. For example, in the scene with the pencil that Sarah is telekinetically spinning on its point on her desk, they just had something fastened below the <laughs> below the desk and someone was turning that to make it look like she was doing that herself. For the scene where they played light as a feather, stiff as a board, they had to do some pretty tedious work with green screens and a hydraulic lift. For when Rochelle falls from the air, Andrew Fleming, again who's the director, said that it was a complicated shot 
lot for that era, but it's something that they would very easily be able to do now with the technology that we have. He said that they didn't have a huge budget and visual effects back then were super expensive. So he had to be very picky about which shots had digital effects work in them and they had to be super impactful. I think he did a great job spending time and effort and money on the right effects, personally. I also love that there's the perfect amount of humor mixed in to the movie as well. For the scene where the girls are calling the four corners and invoking the spirit on the beach, there were a couple hiccups in filming. Andrew Fleming did his due diligence and spoke with a park ranger to find out where the high tide stops um, for this scene. So they picked a spot where they were further away so they knew that they would be safe and he believes they were shooting at about a medium tide. But whenever they started filming it seemed like the waves started um, getting stronger and crashing louder and coming up near them. At some point a huge wave came and wiped out the entire set and so they had to stop and that was a lot of time that they lost. The same park ranger that told them where it was safe to shoot said that he didn't understand they picked a spot that was low to medium tide. So it was out of the ordinary to have such high tide in that location. At the time of creating the movie, Feruza Balk was actually a practicing Wiccan and she said that they really shouldn't be doing the filming at that beach and it was kind of foreboding. Um, there was definitely a very specific feel during the scene. When Nancy is screaming at the top of her lungs and gets hit by the lightning bolt while filming, they actually lost power at that exact moment. Rachel True, who plays Rochelle, said that Nev pointed out to her that there was this white owl following them around from different sets. And I looked up the meaning to what seeing owls might be, and I found quite a few different meanings. But what a lot of what I saw is it said, some cultures see owls as messengers from the spirit world, which is pretty interesting. Believe what you want, but I think a little, a little something was going on on the set. So yeah, go Going back to the special effects, I think they did an amazing job for the year that they were in. But there's one thing that has always bothered me in this movie, and that is Sarah's goddamn hair. I always figured that it was a wig, but I was confused as to the reason why they used a wig in the first place, because I felt like anything could have been better than that, but it turns out um, Robin Tunney actually had a shaved head at the time because she had just finished filming Empire Records where her character has a shaved head. So that's the reason that they used a wig. A really bad wig. And I 100% know that I am not the only person who feels this passionately about her hair too. But whatever, it's fine. I would still personally give it a 10 out of 10 rating because like I said, I could watch it every single day, multiple times a day, and not get sick of it. And special note about the soundtrack, it's pretty phenomenal. And I think the songs were perfectly picked. And some movies, you know, a soundtrack can make or break it. And they just did great. So I stick with my 10 out of 10 star rating. And even on IMDb right now, currently they have it at 6.4 out of 10 stars as well. And reading the reviews, there are so many people that feel the same way about this movie as I do. It took 
quite a bit of time of scrolling and scrolling and scrolling to even get to the first negative review on IMDb. And <laughs> this person gave it a 2 out of 10 and said, God, it's bad. It's really bad. There were a few, like, three good scenes, but overall it's boring, pointless, stupid, and I'm saying this as a big fan of 80s and 90s horrors. <laughs> what a weenie hut junior. Okay, one more. This person had the audacity to give the movie a 1 out of 10. I won't read the whole thing, but it says, This movie was actually painful to watch. I mean, good lord, the fact that this was rated so highly makes me sad. This is a bad mix of two bad things, chick flicks and paranormal thrillers. It should have been clear to the screenwriter that this was a bad idea to begin with, but what is truly pathetic is that the production company allowed this hunk of cinematic vomit to get to the silver screen. How do they sleep at night with this movie on their conscience? So I would just like to say that I love that people can have their own opinions on things, but this opinion is wrong. So thank you. Have a good day. Goodbye. I'm still here. Um, so yeah, in conclusion, this movie is the tits, and I feel like everybody should watch it at least once, and I'm pretty sure I've subjected, um, maybe like 20 people at the very least to this movie, and I don't even want to say it that way, that I've subjected them. I have gifted the experience of watching this movie to many a person, most recently my boyfriend. But you know what? He liked it too, which means he has good taste. Wink. Well, that's about all I have for you this week. If you'd like to reach out, the Instagram page is at or underscore like underscore behavior. If you'd like to send a Gmail, it's horrorlikebehavior at gmail.com. Pretty soon here I'm going to be creating a Google form for, um, or kind of like a sign-up sheet rather, for people to sign up for movies they want to co-host on. So keep an eye out for that. I'll make an announcement when that is made. But until then, you guys have a good week. Bye. Sweet dreams, Sarah. Sleeping.